Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cows. It is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Still not used to saying that year, but very used to Cavs wins because the only team in the conference with more victories than your Cleveland Cavaliers are the Miami Heat. And if you remember over the summer, there's one thing I kept harping on. I, I don't quite know why I was doing this. I just found it fascinating. Former Cavs Summer League standout P.J. Tucker is a part of that Miami Heat team. Any chance you get to tie another team to the Cavs? I mean, why are the Heat, why do Heat have more wins than the Cavs? Because they have a Cavs Summer League legend. You always have to find a way. Keep it relevant. It all ties to your Cleveland Cavaliers, which is what we're here to talk about. We call it Across the Cavs because we connect all 30 teams to the Cavs. And actually, disclaimer, I did not come up with the name Across the Cavs. I've loved doing Across the Cavs. I've enjoyed it. This episode 95. Yes, that's right. 95. We're getting old here. It's my year of birth. But love doing this podcast. About to introduce today's guests. Appreciate everyone with the journey so far. We're going to have Tim Alcorn for episode 100 in a few weeks. A lot to be excited about. And we'll be excited with this man here. He is Amadou Sal. You know his voice. You know his writing. You know he knows his calves. Amadou, welcome as always on this Tuesday chilly evening where we both are. Thank you once again for having me, man. I appreciate you. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, it was a, uh, today was a day where there was not a single Cavs history tweet for me to make. There was no birthday. There was no WNBA birthday. So honestly, it was, it was a weird start because I've gotten used to a routine where right before I go to sleep, I'll probably come up with three to six posts for the next day. So all I have to do is just hit send during the workday. But how are you today, man? What's what's been new? It's it's kind of the same thing. Nothing much really. Just been you know soaking in these last couple of wins. It's it's been great to watch the Cavaliers this season. Honestly, everything's just just going so so well, except for the injuries, of course. And you know what's crazy to me, Amadou, and we'll start here is um, I think one of the interesting things with the Cavs, and maybe I'm wrong. As soon as Colin went down, and even before, I think as soon as Colin went down, Darius just knew. He had the early season injury, missed a few games. He just knew it was his yeah, time. it was his time. And I feel like Amadou, when he started to get the opportunity to be the guard, it's no more sex land. It's just straight up guard land now. And he was scoring more. You know, he was more confident. Sure, the turnovers are up, but so were the, so were the lobs. So were the, yeah. the, the high-risk passes. And he was – doing everything for us, man. And I just think that the early reps he got are playing a big part in why he's been playing so well now. Exactly. That's true. I mean, man, you talk about it. It's been really unfortunate, of course, because Colin Sexton went down and then Ruby went down. Like you said, Garland's been our only consistent shot creator, only consistent facilitator, really, for majority of the season. And to take that task at 21 years old in his third season, it's, it's been great, man. I feel like Anything that he come, has coming his way, whether it's an all-star appearance, you know, continuous player of the weeks, which he did win this week, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. it, it's so deserved, man. It's so deserved for how much he brings to this offense. Yeah, and let's talk about one of those three games that he had over the course of winning this award. I think Cavs had four games last week. I want to talk yeah. about this one first. And let's make sure I have it right. It was a busy Cavs week. Okay, I did not have it right. Here we go. It was... The OKC game. All right, so let's just go. 11 of 20. It was one for seven from three. I don't care. Four four at the line, five rebounds, one steal, 27 points. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. 18 <laughs> assists, 
fourth cap to ever, I believe, hit that number, joining uh, with John Bagley, Andre Miller, and Brevin Knight. Maybe LeBron did it too, so it'll be five. Amadou, he was absolutely in his bag. And I think the biggest thing with getting the win at OKC is they overcame a very tricky team that has some very good defensive guys. And that's a very impressive win for the squad to me because we've seen Shea Gill just go crazy in fourth quarter. So limiting him to 21 and a negative net rating while Garland went off, I think this is huge for the team. Even losing, I think, Lamar along the way. Yeah, this is just one of those games where it was considered a trap game. This is what, the sixth game in nine nights. Um, coming off an intense win against the Kings prior to that one. I mean, it was it was shaping up for them to, you know, just just come in and just, of course, just, just blow us out. And it, it did look that way. You know, we were down by as much as 18 points. But Darius Garland had that crazy third quarter. I mean, you you look you look at it, 14 and 10. You look, hey, that's a great game. He did that in a singular quarter. It's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy what he's been able to do over these past how many months three four months mm-hmm. it's been great man it's been great and i'm honestly sad that there's no month that starts with d or a g so we can just name it after garland <laughs> i mean he has been incredible yeah i mean every day ends in y every day has day in it there's a d so it's just no never mind forget that but what we won't forget is is that quarter and Really, I mean, you look at his overall numbers, Amadou, 20 points, three boards, eight assists. I mean, look at the quick improvements. Field goal percentage has gone up along with with field goal attempts and minutes played every year. We've seen his three-point makes go from 1.9 to 2.6. He's shooting uh, a little lower from 39 to 37%, but he's taking more and making more. He's shooting 92% at the foul line, eight assists, 1.3 steals. I mean... All in all, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that he's going to turn 22 next week. Um, he's, he's already a clear top 10 point guard, and I think already yep. he should be a definitive all-star reserve. I believe so as well. I mean, yeah, you talk about everything he's been able to do this season, considering the circumstances. The Cavs are also a feel-good story in the media. That plays a part into, you know, the voting and such. He has the player's respect. I mean, we've seen guys like Stephen Curry, Draymond Green continuously praise him. I mean... He has all the makings for an all-star, and he truthfully deserves it. I do believe that the Cavs should have two alongside Jared Allen, but if we at least get him, I feel like it would be a, a great success. Man, I, I really hope we get two. I'd love to see guys in, in every last event, truth be told. Again, we're going to have to see what ends up happening. I, I truly think Kevin Love belongs in the three-point shootout. And in discussion, he won't win the award, nor should he, but he should get some votes for second and third place in sixth man of the year. I know that most improved player generally takes the guy that had a bad season then becomes incredible. Mm-hmm. But if we think as far as mindset turnaround, I think Kevin Love has the most improved mindset in the NBA. And I don't see why we would disagree, Amadou. He's come in, he's bought in, he's hit threes at a 40% clip. He's won games for us. And whether he's playing 10 minutes or 20 or 30, I think he's in guy's ear. I think he, he means well. And I think that the fact that we overpaid Kevin Love and ended up getting stuck with him wound up being the best thing for this team this year. Yeah, I feel like we, we definitely do have to give Kevin Love a shout out concerning off the top of my head, I don't think there's ever been a player to, you know, be a, a bona fide star, an all-star guy, all-NBA guy, and then go to becoming, you know, a six-man candidate at that. So just him accepting that role, of course, we know what's been happening with him over the last couple of years. Uh, the tantrum, we don't even have to get into that anyway. But like to just accept that role after everything that's happened, 
I mean, we, we have to applaud him for that, honestly. He's, he's a big key to our team's success. Yeah, and we think we know everything about basketball because we watched the games, we started the games, but we don't know what's going on in Kevin Love's head. We don't know yeah. what was happening last year. And it's very hard to sacrifice change. And the NBA mm-hmm. vilified Carmelo for refusing to do what Kevin Love has actually done this year when he, yep. he wouldn't have cared. I mean, now there's an issue in Houston with John Wall, but that's a whole other story, and that's not for this podcast. But I love what he's done. I've really enjoyed him off the bat. I thought when we got Lowry, the reason I was mad when we got marketed, because I'm thinking, okay, you still have Kevin. You, you just drafted Mobley. You just paid Allen $100 million. Yeah. Now, it, it, and you, you gave marketing an immediate four-year extension. Tell me what the plan is. So we saw them roll out the starting lineup. We saw an opening night. I actually missed uh, the first game this year, but we saw Kevin Love right away off the bench. He was okay. He struggled a bit at the beginning, but he's been awesome all in all. So just had to get that in there before we get back to talking about this winning streak. And Amadou, Cavs have won five straight. This is not the first time this has happened this year. This is the second time. It's their third winning streak of at least four. They had that six-game streak in December, which I uh, talked about with John Michael on an earlier episode. And, I mean, we beat the Nets by seven, the Thunder by five, the Spurs by five, the Kings by one. And you know what this tells me, Amadou? It, it, it does not tell me that the Cavs are in a great place right now overall. But what this tells me is that they're in a place – and, yes, the winning streak is great, but we do have to understand it's four nail biters. We understand that the team that has for so long struggled to find a closer to play defense late in games, we've gotten burned so many times over the years yeah. – even the last couple, they have a solidified game plan from a fantastic coach and the per- all the personnel, whether it's Goodwin or Rondo, who have both closed out Rondo doing it against the Kings. Goodwin has been big in late game defensive situations with Rondo out. I think you look at it and the fact is they can win these types of games. And that is ultimately where playoff teams are born. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love the team basketball we played. I mean, there was a streak of how many games with having a 20. I think that streak is still alive, if I'm not mistaken. The streak of a different player or someone having at least 20 points for the team. And majority of the time, it's been a different guy. We consistently have multiple players in double digits. I mean, the, the it's just it's just Coach J.B. Bickerstaff has his team, you know, in this system that he's created. And we've made a lot of tweaks over the last years, you know, getting rid of some bad apples uh, to make sure that this culture that is put in place works. And I mean... He deserves credit. Everyone deserves credit, honestly. And just discussing the win streak, I feel like this win streak might be more impressive than the ones we had early in the year, just because this time of the year is where the game starts, you know, become rough for players. You know, a lot of injuries, as we've seen, Darius Garland has battled that back injury. Like you said, Lamar Stevens, we lost uh, for some time. And then the fatigue. I mean, we just played six games in nine nights. I mean, that that's, that's craziness, but we're still always able to find a way to win. I mean, Cavs basketball is just enjoyable. It just puts a smile. It should honestly put a smile on everybody's face. Man, absolutely. And we were lucky last season. The season ran a little later, so we got to enjoy the Cavs longer than usual. But now, it's first time in four years, we'll get to enjoy a playoff game. And for me, and I think for a lot of Cavs fans, obviously – the majority of our fan base is not bandwagon, but they do exist. There are fans that came because of LeBron. There are fans that, that came during a certain guy's run. This is going to be the first time in 24 years that they make the playoffs without LeBron James as the as a guy that's on their roster, which is a big deal for so many reasons, especially that 
for so long, you know, they've, they've been denied opportunity and they've been, we've been a team that hasn't gotten the respect that they should. And, you know, I, I think that this is an incredible squad. And I think that, you know, the, the Cavs are a team that means business this year, Amadou. And yep. they're led by a bunch of guys who, if, yeah, we all look up at them. I mean, I'm in the same room. I'm older than the entire starting five, which to me, as a fan for this long, for this to be the one of the best teams I've ever had, for everyone to be younger than me, who's still in his mid-20s, I just think is incredible. They, they just they, they just come in, they play hard, and there's nothing to lose. This is their first yeah. time being on a great team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, the age thing is craziness to me. I mean, I'm just about the same age as these guys. And considering what they're able to do against teams like the Brooklyn Nets, who we know Katie didn't play yesterday, but I mean, they still have James Harden and Kyrie Irving. What they've done against teams like the Heat, the Bulls, I mean, Man, it's been so delightful, bro. It's been it's been so great to just watch. This whole season, I mean, I've pretty much I've missed maybe four games in the last two years combined. It was it's been all this year. You know, we get people are getting a little. Some of us are getting a little busier now. That we, there are some things to do. Obviously, being careful. But yeah. you know, last year was the first time I've ever watched every single second of every single Cavs game, and you know, it was fun to see them even through the losses. And I wouldn't watch expecting a win. I would just watch expecting them to play hard. But this is a team that I think has inspired a lot of people. And I think that even though he's in Portland now, I definitely think Larry Nance is happy to see that the Cavs are winning. We've already played them twice. Won't see them again this year. And Amadou, what were you, what was your initial reaction? I'm not sure if we talked about this on a pod or not. What was your initial reaction when the Cavs did trade Nance to land Lowry? Were you more upset about Nance, excited about marketing, or were you kind of just stunned silence at the moment the deal happened honestly the deal kind of confused me a bit because I didn't expect the Cavs to be really like aggressive to that nature I I, I would assume that move would be an aggressive move you know you're trying to fan favorite away for a guy who I believe this trip was after we drafted Evan Mobley too if I'm not mistaken so it was it was, it was yeah so it was kind of confusing at first because I didn't understand the Cavs plan I mean was Larry going to be a guy that you brought off the bench for 16 million dollars and as well, it's not like he's like a, a point guard where he can initiate the offense. You know, he's going to need someone to, you know, initiate the offense for him. So I didn't really understand the mindset of that. And then as I thought about it more, I was like, okay, you know, Larry Nance, of course, is a fan favorite, but you're sacrificing the defense for the offense, which always honestly made sense for a team as young as the Cavs. You know, it didn't really make sense for them to, you know, get all these defensive guys because you want to make it easier for your, of course, your small backward and Darius Garland and, um, Colin Sexton, excuse me. And then, of course, it improves the spacing for guys like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. So once, you know, that started to make sense, I was like, okay, you know, it makes sense. But then it came to the point where, okay, who's going to start at that power forward spot? Because it's like, okay, we drafted Evan Mobley, third overall pick. Is he going to come off the bench to start? I don't really know about that. Larry Markin, we just paid. And then they decided to start Larry Markin in the three. And I was like, okay, now things are going to get really interesting. So you know, the team, of course, they run the zone concept sometimes. It works and stuff like that. But the biggest key has just been the spacing, of course. Uh, the shooting, even though his his shooting hasn't been great, you know, so far this season, it's just it's just the fact that he's there. You know, he's he's still a lethal shooter. We know a lot of marketing. He's a guy who can get hot at any moment. That's what most shooters can do. I mean, and it's, it's worked. I mean, look, we're having the best season since LeBron James has left. So, I mean, you can't really complain too much about the trade. Um, 
and it's sad to see Larry go, of course. But like you said, I, I feel like Larry would be okay with, or he was okay, excuse me, with the move like that. And he is really excited to see what the Cavs are doing this season. And now we'll have to hope his trailblazers can finally get out of the media circus that, yeah, they, they had a terrible owner, uh, rather a terrible GM president. So I'm very happy he's gone. But I do hope that they, they can turn it around and people can stop torturing Dane to this team, Dane to that team. He's happy there. It doesn't matter. Him and Bradley Beal to just team up on different teams and just tell everyone to stop. Maybe Bradley Beal can write a song too. But regardless, yeah, it, it was definitely something. And I think the thing about Lowry is regardless of percentages, the difference with him and Nance, it took Nance a while to become a confident shooter, and he's still not because he'd rather do other things than shoot. We needed a guy that can play at the small forward spot, at least to start games and maybe finish some that can confidently take the shot. You got to just shoot it in motion. You can't have a second thought. If you want to be a successful score in the NBA, you can't pick and choose when you shoot. You have to take the opportunities that are given to you sometimes. And I think as a seven footer on the perimeter, Lowry knows that. I've enjoyed him. I know he's missed a lot. He could still use a little more muscle. I think he's been good in the post. I think he's seen his height uh, work to an advantage. And I feel like he does hit some kind of big three in almost every game. He's done it several times in the last couple of weeks. And I've really enjoyed watching him, especially defensively, where he's put a lot of guys in a blender. Or he's made them, I should say, have to blend in order to score. Made Kyrie have to go to his bag on some of the jumpers he made. He really had to work against a quote-unquote big. So, I mean, the biggest thing, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Amadou, the biggest thing for the Cavs' success is switchability. You know, Jared Allen's guarding yep. the perimeter at times. Mobley, Garland, sure, Garland is going to get cooked a couple times if he's guarding six, nine guys in the paint. Yeah. But everybody's held on. Even Darius is taking some charges, taking some hits, and he's come up with some massive steals and rip, rip aways from ball handlers in clutch mm -hmm. moments. Yeah, I mean, J.B. Biggerstaff has these guys locked in. Like you said, the switchability is the biggest thing for me. I mean, a guy like Evan Mobley, the defensive prowess he already has as a rookie is insane. Jared Allen, I mean, we knew him as, you know, having that ability to guard out into perimeter. Um, another reason why he's such a unique big. Uh, and Darius Garland, like you said, those guys, you know, the guys who we wouldn't really expect to do much for us on that end are really just, you know, locked in. And J.D. Bickerstaff, man, I mean, the, the grit and grind system, the culture he has in place, the dog mentality that we've seen time and time and time again is probably the biggest reason why we're sitting at the fourth seat currently. J.B. Bickerstaff, great story this year. I was happy when he first got the gig after we'd gotten rid of Beeline, but it did take a, lot, a while to fully warm up to him and understand him. We knew they won a little bit right before, you know, COVID stopped everything. They had some good moments. And then the next year, it was a little complicated. Drummond was highly inconsistent. They saw an opportunity, got the throw, you know, the rest is history, but Looking ahead to tomorrow's matchup with the Bulls, you know, here's some things that I think could play a large role. And this is, this is news to me. The Bulls will be without Lonzo Ball, Javante Green, Derek Jones, and Zach Levine with Alex Caruso and our old pal Tyler Cook both being listed at day-to-day. -day. Obviously, the Caruso one is a lot more significant because he would guard Garland for about 35 minutes. That being said, they don't have Ball. They don't have Levine. So look at who the Bulls do have. Kobe White is averaging 12 and a half after a slow start. Shooting splits of 46, 40, 79. They got Vooch, only averaging 16 a game. That's shocking to me. But he's blocking a couple more shots. They've got 
wow, they're missing a lot. They got AO Desumu, yeah. who's actually, I think, deserves second team all rookie and should be in the Rising Stars game. He's been incredible. But if they're without oh, this, oh, what am I saying? DeMar DeRozan, MVP candidate, will not win, should not get any votes, but candidate absolutely with how he's plays, even making some game winning threes now. Is there any way you see us losing this game with Ball, Levine, and possibly Caruso all out of the lineup? Honestly, yeah. Just because the Bulls, over the last week or so, they've had some rough losses. I mean, you talk about the huge loss they had to the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, it's the Nets, but I mean, man, that was a stinker. Uh, they lost to the Grizzlies. They might be a team that's determined to, you know, try to turn this around, especially considering how close, you know, the top of the East is. And I mean, I understand, you know, without being – without, you know, Zach Levine, who's your top two scorer, Alonzo Ball is our top playmaker currently, but Ayo Dusoma, like you said, he's been playing really, really well. I feel like they have guys that can, you know, not in the standpoint of, you know, replace exactly what they're doing, but they have guys who can just come in and hopefully give you something. I mean, Kobe White, you know, he's a guy who's, he can potentially get hot, you know, at any moment. I mean, we talk about what he did in his rookie season. I know it's a rookie season. He hasn't really replicated it, but maybe with more time, he can, you know, get back to that, that state of, that hot streak he had when I think he was averaging like what 30 points over 70 game of seven games, excuse me. Yep. Something crazy like that. Aodu Sumo's a nice gritty guy. I really like him. Um, so I don't want to say that this is a sure win. Uh, of course, anything can happen. Uh, and one of the main reasons why they're they're so high is because you know they have guys who can potentially replace the production of some of those top players if they were to go down. Uh, but it should be an interesting one. You know, I think it will be a great game still. Um two I mean when two top teams from their respective conferences go together it should always be a good game and I'm excited to watch I'm excited to see what goes on yeah absolutely they also got Matt Thomas who's been one of my favorite guys just to watch when he does play it was always hard in Toronto Nick Nurse has his favorites understandably he may knows how to coach but Matt Thomas would play sparingly in the bubble I believe that was his rookie year got some minutes then he ended up in Utah for the playoffs last year now he's in Chicago getting some type of burn he did just get his contract guaranteed so congrats to him awesome. absolutely awesome big fan of him Iowa Iowa State's had some incredible NBA talent last several years I'm at Thomas not not putting him in the same category as the next guy but still you know Tyrese Halliburton has yep. put on for them they got plenty of others if you look across the NBA but yeah I look at this Bulls roster Kobe White's been playing some great ball and you know, if they do have Caruso on the lineup he's averaging two steals a game he can guard one through four you know I'm not saying he's they're gonna if he plays they're just gonna stick him on Mobley but I am gonna say that Tony Allen was able to guard Kevin Durant effectively despite a seven inch difference let me just confirm Caruso is six four six okay Caruso six four 186 but he can probably guard up to 610 230 honestly as long as he's not getting completely backed down I mean he holds his ground he is muscular as hell yep. I'd be very scared of him guarding even Jared Allen, unless Allen caught the ball right at the basket. Caruso is an incredible defensive player. And I think that when he's out, this team misses him very much, even possibly even more so than Alonzo. Don't call me crazy. Who's shooting 42, 42, 75. I mean, Alonzo is a lot more than stats. Alonzo's second on the team in blocks per game. I don't know where that comes from, but I mean, they got talent. They got shooting. Let's just quick look at some offensive stats for the Bulls here to provide. Then we'll talk about the Cavs side of things. First and three-point percentage, fourth and free throw percentage. They're seventh and fewest turnovers, eighth in scoring, seventh and fewest fouls. Cavs, by the way, number one in fewest fouls. My favorite stat about this team. We don't have to deal with foul trouble like other squads. Yeah. They allow the third fewest three-point attempts and the seventh fewest makes. 
the only thing to worry about defensively. They also force 14 turnovers a game. But let's see, anything else noteworthy? 25th and three-point percentage defense, 36. That, that's a good sign. And they are – I guess you can't defend this, but teams shoot 80% from the line against them, which is the worst. So I guess they're fouling them with less power so that they have more energy to shoot with. But, okay, Amadou, on to the Cavs side. We've won five straight, and here's the injury report. As of right now, we have nothing, actually, because the Cavs usually report day of. We got Rondo and Stevens day-to-day. My guess is we'll see Lamar. We won't see Rondo, so we'll go to Brandon Goodwin as the backup. With only Rajon hypothetically out, so Lamar can play some minutes, too. What do the Cavs have to do? if uh, they want to get this victory? Um, it's going to be up to Darius Garland, of course. Um, and I really want to see them get Nikola Vucevic in the pick and roll a lot. Same way they had Carl Anthony Towns guard the pick and roll uh, against that game against the Wolves, just attacking him consistently. I feel like that's going to be the biggest way to win. I want to see Jared Allen have a, a Jared Allen game. I'm talking, you know, 20 points, 15 rebounds, something of that nature would be great to see. Um, and honestly, this should, I, I hope this is like a Larry Mark and a revenge game. I want to see Larry go go for something crazy like 30 points against the Bulls or something. I feel like that'd be cool to see. Um, but honestly, yeah, just continuing their attack. You know, what they've been doing over the last week or so, just have to keep doing that. And I really want to see them start hot, honestly. We had, you know, a couple of slow starts, you know, here and there. Of course, you know, fatigue, I said it and such like that. But still, get off to a hot start, attack Nikola Vucevic in the pick and roll. And if Larry Mark and, you know, revenge game happens, it happens. And I feel like we come out with a win in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And just a quick look. I was uh, checking on the schedule. The team's last 11 games, which have been the ones without Ricky Rubio, the team has gone seven and four. So worth noting that they have done a lot of winning in his absence. The team has continued to get it going. We saw the Bulls on December 8th. Sorry, yep, December 8th with Ricky playing. A lot of other guys were not on Chicago. He picked up a 115 to 92 win. That's been the only other meeting, so there will be two more after this. And some of my keys here as we take a look, it'll be an 8 o'clock start tomorrow. I think that they're going to want to make sure to balance the minutes of the wings. I think we saw way too much Jetty Osman in, in that game against the Nets. He was terrible. He just didn't have it. Some days he does, some days he doesn't. I would have rather seen a little more Windler than than him. You know, I want to see Mobley staying aggressive. I want to see him. He's going to have a size advantage no matter who's on him. I want to see him attack. And so if he's aggressive, I think he'll get a lot of good opportunities for Jared Allen. I mean, yeah, you want to put Vooch in the pick and roll as much as possible defensively. Allen is going to eat him, literally. I mean, this is the night game. We don't know if the Cavs are eating first, Amadou. We want to see Jared Allen eat inside full steak dinner. We definitely do. And, you know, we want Shaq dissecting. Barbecue chicken alert. (laughs) Barbecue chicken alert. We Uh, want that. We want to send every clip of Jared Allen to Shaq until we finally tweet. Although I actually don't know if he ever actually tweets about basketball or he just tweets jokes. I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know if he actually – Watches the games. He's not working. I love Shaq regardless, but I actually have no idea. But still, hearing him yell, JaVale McGee and barbecue <laughs> JaVale chicken. JaVale McGee. Oh, those are great. Those are great. 
man. But yeah, I want to see a lot of barbecue chicken, Jared Allen. I'm still trying to learn. I've never actually understood what barbecue chicken means, but I'm um, pretty. Essentially, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I think it's just he's food. You know, it's, it's, it's just going to be easy to attack him. That's just okay. Shaq's thing, I want to say. Yeah. Barbecue he, chicken. He was always one of the biggest guys on the court, literally. Or maybe it means he's cooked. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's cooking like barbecue chicken. Yeah. I respect that. But, you know, looking at, looking at some of the other things we need, we're need Kevin Love, I think, is going to need to get at least 15. It's it, This stinks because he's done so many good things. I really want to see Dean Wade. I just don't think if every single wing is healthy, there's a role mm-hmm. right now. But I would – I get the only scenario would be if you if you kind of do a platoon between Okoro, Stevens, and then Windler. Oh, no, there's too many guys. All right, take out take that out. Here's what I want tomorrow. I want if Lamar plays, I want him to be aggressive. If Lamar sits, I want Dean Wade minutes, even if it's only five. I want to see Dylan Windler for six minute stretches in each half. I want to see them do what they did yesterday. He ran that great little touch screen and roll where he had a fantastic little layup against Brooklyn. We never see him that close to the rim. I want to see him getting three-point attempts. He's shooting two per game at a 41% clip. Let's get him more looks. And I want to see Isaac aggressive. He's When he's dunking, he is electric. Yeah, he's dunking. <laughs> and he's actually shooting 30, uh, almost 31% from three on almost three attempts a game, just to put it all – 26 of 85 that's a lot more makes than anyone would expect him to have at this point i think that if you ask tony allen if you asked mkg if you ask sam young if you ask any of those defense first guys had to throw him in there or if you even heck if you ask top well top Cephalosha is an exception to this he found a way but if you ask those defense first guys over the years saying hey we need you to shoot this many threes it's not going to be pretty so the fact that Okoro is 21 I think he's actually 20. His birthday's next week. Same with Darius. They they share a birthday. Kobe's last day, RIP. And this is incredible progress. I think if Okoro can get you 15 and Love can get you 15 and you do the other things, I think this is a lock, Amadou. And we'll have our first year with multiple six-game winning streaks in probably five or six years. But, like, it feels like longer because – It does. You know – LeBron leaving the first time caught us by surprise. The second time, it's like we kind of expected it, so we knew. But seeing this team win and us being able to talk about the number one or number two seed in the East and the Cavs and things we need to do to win without having to laugh when we when we, when we leave the recording, like this is serious. <laughs> it's been incredible, man. This year is just – I know we've talked about it all episode. It's been so special. It is. It definitely is. I just, I just go back and look to the, the Jenga Dale days – Oh man! I, even last year, when there were times where, you know, Fon Maker, Larry Nance Jr., Jared Allen, and Andre Drummond were all on the court at the same time, I mean, man, it's 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 definitely a blessing to be one of the top teams in NBA. It's just just a stress-free best. I mean, you, you could say losing is stress-free too because you know it's whatever. But I mean, it's definitely been great to watch. It definitely has been. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I remember that. Everyone else was out, so we had one guard coming off the bench. Yeah. I mean, we had Tacos starting a game this year, too. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Against Boston, too. I mean, he had a he had his first-ever double-digit rebound game. I really hope someone else picks him up. It's kind of crazy, though. Here's a fun stat. Taco Fall, if you look at oldest calves this year. Oh, wait a minute. What, what's going on? I'm trying to find Taco. Okay. The only calves older than Taco – 
are Goodwin, Osman, Anderson, Valentine, Pangos, Rubio, Rondo, Love. Taco is is young, is older than Wade, Quinler, Cornette, Trey Scott, Markinen, Malik Newman, Lamar, Allen Sexton, Garland. He's older by four years. He's four years older than RJ Nempars. <laughs> And then five years older than Okoro, six years older than Mobley. And that's just because he had a five-year college career. Yeah. But, like, that's a vet. That, that was a vet. He needs to get picked that is up. A vet. Yep. Exactly. All right. It's a great promotion, at least for Taco, if he gets picked up, at the very least. I mean, sign him on a Tuesday at the end of the regular season, get a full yeah. crowd. I mean, you know who he should play, who he would have been great for, is the Flint Tropics. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. He would have fit him perfectly. Yeah, you got the alley-oops on one end. You got the tallest man on the planet on the other end. Yep. And then you look, and it's like, here's the alley, here's the oop, and here's the taco, and here's the Tuesday. <laughs> and it's like, forget about free corn dogs, free tacos if Taco Fall grabs a rebound. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's great, man. That's great. Yeah. Shout out to the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl, one of my greatest basketball games I've ever watched on a on a television and not in person because, well, you either had to be in the movie or one of the lucky stunt doubles to actually be there. But nonetheless, Amadou, on on a serious note, do you have any closing thoughts on the Cavs on their winning streak and how things have been just great for them this season that maybe we haven't touched on? Cavs are back, man, and. The biggest topic I feel like coming up is the trade deadline that's coming up soon. I really wonder, man, are the Cavs going to be aggressive, you know, considering the injuries and everything, or is just going to stay put what they have and just hope for the best in the playoffs? That, that's very interesting to me. Yeah, I think you got to trade for one scoring wing without sacrificing the future, which basically means if you want to trade a first round pick, by all means, go right ahead. I don't see us needing another young piece, especially with where we are in the standings now. If you have to trade Lindler, go ahead. But I would hold on to Lamar and Okoro both. Unless you're getting a tier one or two player, which I don't expect. I would not trade Rubio unless you speak to him first and see if he'd consider re-signing. I know that's, that might be tampering. I don't know if he's already on your team, how that works. If you trade him, if you can have that conversation. You see that more in baseball. And I know that the Mavericks, this is different, but the Mavericks traded Devin Harris to Denver. I think it was three or four years ago at the deadline. And they re-signed him the following year. You very rarely get that in basketball. But if you'd speak with Ricky, there's an understanding that you can re-sign him unless you can't because you trade him. We need him on this team next season. If that's what it takes to get a very good guy that you think can get you to the conference finals, then take it. If not, Maybe we have to stand pat and just deal with the buyout market because there's going to be guys on the Lakers, going to be guys from Houston. I think the Magic are going to have some guys. And here, here's actually what I'd like. Here's my closing thought, Amadou. Thoughts on Gary Harris from the Magic, who's been, I think, playing the best ball of his career this year. He's a defensive he's stopper and a scorer. He's, mm -hmm. I've been in fantasy. He's been, he's been scoring 20-plus pretty consistently, even with guys back in the lineup. Man, I just looked back to Gary Harris. I think it was his third NBA season with the Nuggets, and I was like, okay. This guy right here is something. Or was it? A, it was either start or fourth year. Either I think it was way, his third year. He scored seventeen a game, right? He was healthy. Yeah, like seventeen and a half. Yeah, he was shooting very good from three, and he was playing like the defense that you're saying. Like, I thought he was that guy, and then I don't know. I guess injuries or something just you know throughout his career, it just kind of fell off. And now with Orlando, I mean, he's he's been you know iffy, but I mean it, it's essentially what you expect out of Gary Harris nowadays. Now a potential trade. I don't know if he's the type of shot creator that we want. 
you know, I probably want someone more on the lines, of maybe like a an Eric Gordon. But call me crazy, I do feel like it'll be easier to get a guy like Gary Harris rather than Eric Gordon, just because I feel like Eric Gordon has a bigger market concerning he's a vet. You know, these top teams are going to be looking more towards him. And with the depth at guard that the Magic have, I don't think it'll take much to get Eric Gordon, I mean, excuse me, Gary Harris off their hands. So if that's the move they make, I mean, by all means, it's another, at the very least, another shot maker. But I'd probably lean more towards a Eric Gordon or maybe a Karis LeVert. I'm not yep. really on the Karis LeVert, you know. It's efficiency is the issue uh, with him. Yeah, exactly. But hopefully they make a move, honestly. Hopefully they do. I, I want to salvage the season and, and really make a deep run this year. Yeah, and here's why I really like Gary Harris. Well, A, he has 28 games of playoff experience, having been to a conference finals and another – and he's played in three series that went seven games over the course of his playoff career. So he's been there. He's been around. And we look at his 17-and-a-half per game season. That was 17-18. He's shooting his highest field goal percentage since then this year. He's shooting his highest three-point percentage since then – this year's his highest scoring total since 2018 at 19. His steals numbers are at their highest since 1920. I just look at him. He has experience. He can shoot. He's still only 27. Plus, Eric Gordon has three years on his deal. He has two more after this one. That's a lot to sign up for for an older guy that doesn't yet know your system. Karis Levert, I mean, has been in and out of the lineup. I'm very glad he, they were able to find that tumor last year on his kidney because that could have been really bad. Uh, and trading him literally saved his life. And I'll, unless it's a kid, I do think he'll be traded and hopefully they find nothing next time. I don't love his fit for the Cavs because of what they'd have to give up. I think honestly, they can probably find a young piece. I don't know who we can discuss that another time for the deadline, but if we can get Gary Harris, he has experience. He's played with talented bigs like Jokic. I think he fit right in with, with the fro, excuse me, with the fro, I think Mobley will remind him of a better version of Fareed, who he used to play with too. Obviously, Mobley is Fareed with quickness. Or Mobley is Fareed with quickness and a jump shot. He rebounds just as well. He blocks as well. He ignites the crowd in a similar way. He's just not a motor guy. So he'll see the similarities. And I just think he's a good guy. I think he is, you know, he's pretty well respected. And I'm sure being a Michigan State guy, he gets his defense tips from Draymond. So. All in all, I think Gary Harris, should Orlando move him to get minutes for R.J. Hampton and Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz when he comes back, would be the best guy to get for cheap. He's not an option A. Don't get me wrong. We could do better. But I think I'm going to do if we can get Harris, that makes up for a lot of what we lost with the combination of Rubio and Sexton. A little bit of passing. He can score. And, boy, he can defend at a high level just like Isaac. And maybe you need – both on the court in clutch situation and they can't guard Gary because Darius and Mobley and yada, yada, you put him on the court, anything goes. You, you make it sound appealing. You really do. I mean, I, I, I like Gary Harris. I think, you know, he's, he's definitely found a role now in Orlando. I just, maybe you might prefer some more on ball creation, but I mean, Hey, if it's Gary Harris, would he look to bring in? I'll, I'll support it. You know, like you said, great defender. He's found his shot as of late. Um, He's also really athletic. You know, he might be deceptively athletic if you call him that. I don't know. I wouldn't really expect him to jump out the gym as much as he has. I mean, he had a crazy, I remember this vividly. He had a crazy like poster on Anthony Simons that didn't count. Uh, it was an offensive house. Oh, by the way, really quickly, I hate that. I hate when a guy gets postered and the refs always call an offensive foul. 
I feel like they should just let the play go, but that's just me. But yeah, Gary Harris, I feel I think Gary Harris would be a cool pickup. I'm with that as well. I I love that. Yeah, I, I stop discontinuing these dunks, yo. That you dunk yeah. on someone, take your points, and move on. And on that note, we move on as we say good night from across the Cavs. Amadou, pleasure as always. Of course, man, of course. So for Amadou Sal, I am Zach Weiss. This was episode 95 of Across the Cavs. Episode 100 will feature Tim Alcorn. We're going to get Aaron Fishman of On the NBA Beat on the podcast. We'll get Noah Nightingale. You remember I did the NBA Finals with. We have Andrew Pizzelli, host of the 360 Sports Show. All this information you don't need to remember. If you're still listening with us here at the end. But things to look forward to. I am Zach Weiss again. This is Across the Cavs. Episode 95, Baron Davis plus Darius Garland equals 95. And with that terrible addition analogy, we say goodnight. <laughs>